Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Kenitra Bryant and today's motivational aim targets aim enemies. This is part two. In part one, I had the opportunity to share some enemies that try to attach or attack your God honoring aims. The three that I went over were toxicity, pride, and laziness. I'm jumping in with the fourth aim enemy and that is insecurity slash inferiority. Insecurity is defined as the lack of dependability or certainty. And inferior means not good or not as good as someone or something else. Lower or of lower rank. And you have probably heard of the inferiority complex. And that is when a person repeatedly And I'm talking about it's excessive. It's an excessive, repetitive thing going on in a person's thoughts, their mind, where they feel defeated and they operate in defeat due to their own perception of themselves. And they believe that they are not adequate. They feel inadequate. They feel deficient. They feel insecure. And sometimes people have these feelings of inferiority, Based off of things that happened in their childhood, a event that was traumatizing to them, something. But it is of extreme importance to get down to the root of those feelings and confront them and address them with a trusted individual and most importantly, with yourself and also going straight to God with it. Going straight to God with it. Sometimes people walk in this inferiority complex because they don't know who they really are. Somebody else who knows that they are superior didn't want them to know who they really were. So they started to say things to them or they started to treat them in a certain way to bring them down because they knew who they were. So in an effort for them to feel good about themselves, even though they never feel good about themselves, but they walk in the illusion, the imagination that they are above. They treat people a certain way so this person won't know their value or they want them to feel insecure about who they are because they want to control them in some way, shape, or form. When a person doesn't know who they really are, they don't operate in the fullness of who they are. They are operating from a limited Viewpoint, a limited foundation, a limited scope, a limited understanding of who they really are in Christ. But once a person gains understanding, confidence, they are walking in boldness, they are able to cast down when they know who they are in Christ, when they believe who they are in Christ, when they begin actively walking 
the way God told them to walk in Christ, then they're able to cast down, or they're making the strides and the aims to cast down arguments, the arguments in their mind, telling them that they are not when God says they are. Or when those thoughts come in their mind of, oh, you can't do that, and God already said you could do, a person has to cast down those arguments, cast down those imaginations of inferiority, and they have to cast down every high thing that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. See, casting down means to cast down the high things, including the insecurity, because insecurity could be a high thing in a person's mind. A person could be arguing with their own insecurities. A person could be imagining their life and they're including all of these insecure moments in every phase of their life. In every decision that they make, they're thinking about how insecure they are. And God is clearly letting them know, no, you need to cast that down because you are not insecurity. You are not that. I didn't give you that. That needs to be cast down. That's a high thing in your mind that needs to be brought down into captivity under the obedience of Christ because that's not of Christ that's not of God God said that you are more than a conqueror God said that you are the head and not the tail he didn't say that you are inferior he didn't say you're insecure he didn't say that God did not give you a spirit of fear God said that you are blessed and not cursed See, when those enemies of insecurity, inferiority, inadequacy come to attach themselves to your aims, it's up to you to stop them. But that aim or those enemies are trying to stop aim fulfillment. It's trying to stop the aim fulfillment process. Inferiority, inadequacy, and insecurity all serve as aim enemies. And it's time to ask God when a person is confronted with those enemies, approached by those enemies, attacked by those enemies, it's time for the believer to ask God for wisdom. And in James, the first chapter, in the fifth verse, it says that God, when we ask God for wisdom, God will give wisdom to us generously without finding fault. God will not rebuke you for asking for wisdom. And once you do that, you have to apply that wisdom that you received in order to withstand the enemies trying to distract you and derail you from completing your God-honoring aims. Number five, aim enemy number five is Frustration. Frustration is an aim enemy. Frustration is identified as the feeling of being annoyed or less confident because you cannot or a person cannot achieve what they want. There's something preventing 
a person's plans or efforts from being successful. And then when things aren't going according to what somebody wants, frustration comes in. And frustration is disappointment or discouragement. It can be seen as disappointment or discouragement. Because that person is experiencing in their mind a discouraging situation. And I believe many people have been there at one time or another where they have an aim. And that aim looks like it's right before their eyes. It looks like they can achieve it. And when they take steps forward in attempting to achieve their God-honoring aims, it seems like they are faced with so much opposition and so many challenges where it appears that they are going backwards 20 steps. And, of course, you know, that will cause somebody to be frustrated. But if a person remains in frustration, then frustration will serve as an enemy. And then frustration will bring its friends with them to attack someone's God-honoring aim. Frustration will bring attitude. Frustration will bring... Defense. What else? Frustration will bring shut down. And what I mean by shut down is they just, a person can just give up. They're so frustrated, they just stop. They just shut everything down because they're tired of it. Nonchalant, when I say that, frustration will cause somebody or bring the friend nonchalant and nonchalant causes someone to just man whatever it's whatever I, I don't care it's just it's, it's, it's that attitude shows up just upset about everything defense shows up where a person gets defensive somebody asks oh how's your God honoring aim going why you ask me about that what you doing asking me about that what about your aims? I don't understand why you're asking me. What you trying to say? What you mean? Why you bring it up? I, I was just asking, just, I know you were working on that, and that's a good aim. Oh, 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 it, it, it's, it's going. I just trusting God to bring me through some things. But I still don't know why you asked me that, though. I mean, you, you trying to mock me, trying to, Make fun of me or something? See? Frustration will bring all of that. That's why you have to check it. And if it's not checked, that frustration becomes an enemy because when attitude shut down, when they join the party, a person could just ask you about something because they want to help and contribute their answer to your prayer about propelling that God honoring aim God's way a person can just mess up their opportunities because frustration attackatory all of them are there egging a person on 
when God sent an individual to help and bless you in your God-honoring aim pursuits. You see? And I don't know the episode off the top of my head, but it's in the AIM series. The episode is entitled Routed Aims. That's the story with Naaman when he had that skin disease and the Lord healed him. But the way the Lord healed him was not the way he thought. And it was not the way he imagined it would happen. And Naaman, when you read that story, or that account in scripture, or that account in history, let me say that, Naaman was upset about how things were going. And we can even say he displayed some frustration. But what if Naaman would have remained, stayed in the pit of frustration instead of trusting God And doing what God told him to do so he could experience the fulfillment of his God-honoring aim. What if he did not get out of frustration, although frustration was trying to attach itself to his aims? If Naaman didn't get out of frustration, his aims would not have been achieved. What he went to the man of God for, if he would have remained in frustration, he would have not received it, what God had for him. This is not to condemn anybody. It's just to cause somebody to think, Have you ever been in a situation when the Lord sent someone or something to you? It didn't look the way you thought it was supposed to look. It wasn't going the way you thought it was supposed to go. You could have been frustrated because you seemed like you were so close. Whatever it could have been, you were frustrated. You rejected it, what God sent to you, only to realize, my goodness, what did I do? What did I do? The very aims I wanted achieved, God sent this person to me. God sent this opportunity to me. God sent whatever it was to you. Since frustration had already set in, You already had your thoughts. You already had your imagination. You already had it planned out in your mind. The Lord told you to sit down, wait, just do it my way. You didn't like that. You didn't appreciate it. You didn't understand it. You went on in force of aims and you didn't achieve the God-honoring aim God had for you in that way. Now, I'm not saying that your God-honoring aims were not achieved, but they weren't achieved the way God originally designed for them to be achieved. 
It wasn't until you yielded, submitted yourself to God, and surrendered those aims when things started going the way God designed them to go. Now, it doesn't mean that God did not work everything together for your good because he already promised that he would, even your mistakes, when you yield to him. But I just wanted to share that or ask you about that for you to think about because it happens. It's a learning lesson because we will have a lot of frustrating situations come in our life. But we need to be mindful that frustration will not be used as an enemy in an attempt to stop me from doing what God told me to do. I can't let frustration overrule my faith. I can't let frustration drown out my focus. I can't do that. I can't let frustration force me to do something God didn't tell me to do. I can't do that. I can't let frustration lead me into rebellion. Frustration just needs to sit there, be frustrated, and then frustration along with myself need to go to God and ask God, Lord, what's going on? So I have to put frustration under the obedience of Christ because I can't let frustration rule my life and direct my life because I'll be forcing some stuff, doing some stuff that God never told me to do, never authorized for me to do, and I'll be in a pit asking the Lord, Lord, why you let this happen to me? When he didn't have anything to do with that, that was all me. All me. Because I let frustration and frustrations, homeboys and homegirls, get around me, gas me up to make me feel like, just go ahead and do it without God, you know. Just do it, you know. God taking too long. He don't even know what he's doing, see. Cast down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You have to identify it, bring it into captivity, take it straight to Jesus, take it straight to God. And when you do that, frustration will start shutting up. It can't do nothing but shut up. It has no argument when it comes to God's word because God's word prevails. God's word supersedes frustration. That's just what it is. Number six, stupidness. Stupidness is an enemy to your aims. What is stupidness? Here's a definition. Stupidness. (laughs) Tending to make Poor decisions or tending to make careless mistakes. 
It's one thing to be ignorant about something. It's one thing to be ignorant when a person just doesn't know something. They don't understand something. They don't have any concept or context about something. They are lacking information. That's one thing. That is one thing. But it's a whole other situation when a person yes they don't know but they're presented with the information to know and they elect to be stupid they want to be careless the right thing is presented before them the consequences are presented before them whether they are positive or negative The consequences are laid out. Somebody tells them this is the effect if you choose to do this. So we're giving you information on if you choose to do this, A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, All the way to the end of the alphabet. That's going to happen to you if you do this. And instead of a person saying, oh man, all of those things are going to happen to me if I do this. I didn't know that. But now since I know it, (laughs) you only live once, right? (laughs) I'm going to do it. That serves as an enemy to a person's God-honoring aims. Stupidness. Having the awareness, the clarity, and the knowledge of what something will do or produce, but going against it is making poor decisions off of impulse or just going off of the flesh. And when a person yields to the flesh, it profits them nothing. It profits them nothing. When they let the flesh serve as their master, Stupidness. Knowing what God told one to do. And that even means people being in your life. They see where you're going. They see what you're aiming to do. You're aiming to live a life that pleases God. The Lord already showed you that's a toxic situation. Get from around there. It is stupid to say, well, I mean, it's my family. God knows that's your family. That's why God said get away from them. God knows those are your quote-unquote friends. He told you they're not. So get away from them. God told you what to do. He knows what you think they are, and he knows the truth. It's stupid 
to see what God has shown us and go in the opposite direction. You can go through the Bible and see when people did that, it was stupid. You can look at a person's life, whether it be your own or maybe not you. Because, you know, I understand that most people probably perfect. But you can look at somebody's life and see they did some stupid things and received some stupid results. Results that they created. Not only were they stupid, but life-changing and life-impacting. Not only in their life, but people around them. That's just how it goes. And stupidness serves as an enemy to one's aims. I don't want to stay on that too long. Number seven, dist directions serve as an enemy to a person's aims. What do I mean when I say dist directions? I'm referring to someone pursuing a God-honoring aim. They are provided with directions, but instead of heeding to God's directions, they diss the direction. They diss it. And then they disrespect the one giving the directions because those directions, they don't seem popular. It's not what they had in mind. All of these examples... All of these enemies, it all goes back to Isaiah, the 55th chapter and the 8th through the 9th verse. God's ways are not our ways. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. When a person gets to the point where they start dissing what God put in place for their life, that's an aim enemy. It's an enemy to a person's aim. When a person disses the people God put in their life, just because it doesn't look like, it doesn't sound like, it's not going like they thought, they diss it or they diss them, and that's an enemy to a person's aims, God-honoring aims. Dist directions cause missed opportunities. Dis, when you hear me say dis, this means that somebody is showing a lack of respect for someone. And a dis is often intended to be an insult. Directions are instructions that are given to someone about how to find a particular place or a person. Directions are or could be a series of steps on how to complete something. And when a person disses directions directly from God, they're missing out. They are missing out. In Matthew, the 10th chapter, in the 14th verse, Jesus said it clearly. He said, and whoever shall not receive you or hear your words 
And what is that? That's direction. But it says, whoever does not welcome you. I jump to the Amplified Bible translation now, okay? Matthew, the 10th chapter and the 14th verse in the Amplified Bible, okay? Whoever does not welcome you, nor listen to your message, as you leave that house or city, shake the dust of it off your feet in contempt, breaking all ties. See, Jesus told his disciples that. So Jesus was letting the disciples know, you all have God-honoring aims. God has given you a God-honoring purpose. As you fulfill these God-honoring aims, doing what God told you to do, when you encounter people who diss your God-honoring aims that are sent and meant to help them, when a person disses those God-honoring directions and they diss a true man or woman of God, see, after they diss the directions, they can't receive what that person had for them that God sent to them. They can't receive it now because they dissed it. Now, sometime in life, they might get a revelation about what they dissed or who they dissed, but they can't receive what that person had for them at that time. And then they can't receive anything at all unless they repent. When a person disses without repentance, there are a host of other issues that have to go through. Because they diss directions, God-honoring directions. See, diss directions are enemies to a person's aims. And it's important for us to ask God for wisdom and discernment on what to do and how to do it and when to listen and when to act. And going back to that episode again, Rotted Aims, Naaman almost dissed some directions needed for his aims to come into fruition. Now, what would have happened if he just totally disrespected and dissed the man of God and then dissed his servants who were right there telling him, hey, master, go ahead and just do what the man of God said to do. I know you are frustrated. I know you thought things were going to be this way. I know it's taking a long time. Hey, just do what God says to do. If Naaman would have dissed the man of God and dissed his own servant who was trying to encourage him to not diss what God told him, he would not have received what the man of God had for him, ultimately what God had for him, if he would have just obeyed. Now, we know he obeyed, but if he would have dissed all of that, he'd be going back to his hometown with leprosy, with the skin disease, and with some more problems. Because when a person disses a 
true man or woman of God. And they diss the word of God. It's just not water under the bridge. It's just not, oh, it's whatever. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> okay. If you need some confirmation, you might want to read Genesis, the 12th chapter, in the first through the third verse. It's not a game. And if you need some more references, just read the Bible and see what happens when individuals diss true men and women of God and they diss God's word. It's not a, oh, oh well, not a big deal. It's not that. It's not that. Present day, it's not that. Today, it's not that. It's not that. It's serious. And some of you listening have probably went through a situation where you said something and when you realize, oh, what? Lord, forgive me. <laughs> Lord, forgive me, Lord. I didn't mean that. No. And you even go back to the person. I shouldn't have talked to you that way. I shouldn't have said that. No. Forgive me. Because you understand who that person is in Christ. That's not a regular person. That's not a normal person. Somebody tries to say something negative about that person. You're like, hey, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Hey, yeah, shut up. I don't want to hear nothing that you have to say about them. Because that is a real, true man or woman of God. Shut up. Mm-mm. You get in trouble on your own. I don't want no parts with that. Don't don't you do it. You're gonna go out there by yourself. I'm not I'm not co-signing. I'm not helping you. I'm not jumping in. Don't do it. Say what you wanna say. I don't care. Hey, but don't say nothing to them. Leave them alone. It happens just like that when people truly know. And the people who don't know, they will get a revelation. <laughs> yes, they will. See, when you read the word of God, you'll see God does not play about his children and his messengers. He, he doesn't play about that. He doesn't play about the ones he has endorsed. He, he doesn't play about that. And I'm talking about true, real men and women of God. And you know a tree by its fruit. Not people proclaiming to be something that they really are not. And their life shows they are not that. They've never been that. They put on their jacket once, what, every 28 years. But that's not who they are. No, I'm talking about somebody, that's their life. There's evidence that's who they are. They are a bona fide man or woman of God. And they are living for God. And they don't care about what people say. They've been through too much. They've turned too much down. And they are walking the straight 
narrow path. They're not doing what the crowd is doing. God does not play about his children, his messengers, and true men and women of God. He he doesn't play about that. So when people want to mock and talk down and play games and disdirections from them, they miss out on opportunities and they don't receive what that person had for them. They were a blessing to that person, that family, that unit, whatever it was. But once it's dissed, that person doesn't receive what they have. They might have looked like a regular person, but that that wasn't a regular person. <laughs> it, no. Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter and the 20th verse. Let's us all know the importance of not dissing directions from God honoring people. And not only God honoring people, but people honoring God's word in their life through action, word, and deed. Okay? Number eight, worry is an enemy. When a person worries, That means they're thinking about problems or unpleasant things that might happen in a way that makes them feel unhappy or frightened. And if a person worries all day long about whether or not their God-honoring aims will be achieved or not, that means that they are not trusting in God's power. If God gave you and God gave me the God-honoring aim and told us to do it, That's not for us to worry about. We do what God says to do and leave all consequences to him. Leave it all to him. He told us to do it. We leave everything to him. Because one thing we do know out of many, all things are working together for our good because God is concerned about us. And we love God. And we're called according to his purpose. We know if God is for us, who can be against us? So... Our aim, our job is to do and complete the God-honoring aim and leave everything to God and not get caught up in worry because God told us not to worry. He told us. Number nine, another enemy that tries to attach itself to your God-honoring aims is your mouth or somebody else's mouth. Your mouth can be your aim's worst enemy. It can because you could be working on your God-honoring aims, experience a setback or what appears to be a setback, experience a challenge or an obstacle, and if it's not checked, frustration will come through, pride will come through, Gassing your mouth up to say something against what God said about you and your aim. And you could end up messing up the momentum and the flow of your aims all because of what you said. And if you have not already, feel free to listen to my series entitled Watch your mouth 
and what's being produced. Okay. Number 10. People pleasing serves as an enemy. Yes, it does. A person who cares a lot, a lot about whether other people like them. They want to know what people are thinking about them. They want people to approve their God-honoring aims. They'll even go as far as to prove their God-honoring aims to people who don't even respect God sometimes. When a person gets to trying to please people and they make it their mission to please people, that serves as an enemy to a person's aims. That's just what it is. And if you want me to expound on that, go and listen to Proving Aims within the series if you have not listened to it already and if you want to review it. And go ahead and listen to Dist Aims. Matter of fact, you can listen to every episode I've ever done. Really. Because when I talk about situations with people, it's not to bash anybody. It's not to put people down. But my aim is to share what some people will do. And how some people will respond to what you're doing for Christ. What you're doing for the kingdom of God. How you live or choose to live as an ambassador of Christ. And I'm talking about living for Christ for real. Not doing trash and then making it look like when you want to do a nice, not you, not you, not you. And I'm for real, not you. I'm talking about when... A person wants to put on the cloak and the facade one day because they're feeling good. And they, I guess I want to just talk about Jesus today, even though I talk about trash 364.5 days out of the year. You know, for the half of this day, I, I guess I lift up God and talk about him real quick. I'm not talking about that. Because those are the types of people who get mad at somebody who is living for God for real. They'll talk about them. Start saying stuff. You don't have to do all that for God. I mean, you don't have to live that way. You need experience in life. You need to sin. Do everything God told you not to do so you can gain some experience so you can live in this real world. What you talking about? Not you, though. I'm talking about those select some it is serious it's real serious that's why you hear me say or give these scenarios of what someone might do what someone might experience because I've gone through a whole lot of stuff (laughs) and I know it's not over it's not over It's expected the trash and the obstacles and the things people go through all because they are 
aiming to live a God-honoring life. I didn't say a perfect life. I did not say a perfect life. I'm talking about living a life intentionally trying to please God and live the way he's commanded one to live. I didn't say perfect. But even in one's imperfections, while trying to live a life in Christ, people will, some, some, some people will get upset and you will be attacked. Okay? But even in those attacks, whether they be from people or these other enemies, aim enemies I went over, you have to keep going. You have to keep going. Okay? So understand my goal is not to bash people <laughs> talk down about people but it is to keep one encouraged that although things come their way it's not for them to go hide in a pit it's time to be aggressive in the promises of God Aggressive in confidence. Standing on the word of God. Knowing that God is standing with you. And Christ is standing on the inside of you. You are victorious. Even when you think. Man what the heck's going on? No you're victorious right there. You are walking in victory. You are more than a conqueror. You never fail. You always win when you do what the Lord tells you to do. Even if it looks like you're losing, the Lord said all things are working together for your good. Okay? Understand that. That is key. Now, what I want to do is go over those ten aims from part one and part two that serve as enemies that one needs to look out for because they could come to a person in a subtle fashion. And before long, if a person doesn't check it or cast it down, they'll employ those enemies to operate in their life when they should have never been hired or accepted in one's aim fulfillment process, okay? Those aim enemies that I went over include, number one, toxicity, number two, pride, Number three, laziness. Number four, insecurity slash inferiority. Number five, frustration. Number six, stupidness. Number seven, misdirections. Number eight, worry. Number nine, one's mouth. And number ten, people pleasing. Okay? I encourage you to review all of those scriptures I shared with you in this episode. Thank you for tuning in. Feel free to visit my website, drkenitrobryant.com. Enjoy y'all's day. Remain encouraged. Peace and God bless.